In a few minutes, we'll be in the book of John chapter 4. So you can go ahead and turn there if you want. Uh, there's a scripture. There's a scripture. <clears throat> there's a wrong scripture. And there's a right scripture. It's coming. I, I feel it. It's coming this right. Yeah, okay. Not cool. Okay. <laughs> if, you, if you've come to Sunshine very much over the last 20 years, you've probably watched me use this scripture quite a bit. And uh, it's one of those things that uh, I don't think we can ever get too much of because of the implication of what this particular Bible, Bible scripture is saying where there's no vision. In other words, when we, don't, we, we, we are so consumed with our own life that we can't see beyond that, we can't see that there's more going on than just what's happening to us or around us. There's more, there's more things happening. The Bible says if that's the case, if an individual or a church gets to a place where they no longer have a vision, they're, they're wrapped up in their tradition, the people perish. You see, here's the thing, guys. I still believe the Bible teaches there's a hell to, to keep people out of. I know there's some guys today preaching there isn't any, and they're wrong because the Bible says there's a hell to gain and a hell to lose and a heaven to gain. And the reason that we're involved with what we're doing is because we're doing everything we possibly can to keep people from going there. Amen? That's the reason we do what we do. That's the reason that we're involved with the things that we're involved with. And so, you know, it's important that you have a vision. It's important that you expand and, and let God deal with you. You know, over the last 20 years of Sunshine, I've found there's three groups of people at Sunshine. They all start with a W. The first group are the workers. Uh, they work. I mean, you, I mean, you know, uh, we could say tomorrow, we, tomorrow evening we're going to have a class in underwater basket weaving. Come on, you know. And they be coming because they're workers. I mean, they're sold out. They, they want to be a part of whatever God's a part of. And, and, and so they're working and they're involved. And, you know, it's amazing. You see them. A lot of the workers, you don't even see them operating. I mean, they do it very unselfishly and all. They're giving them themselves. You don't even know about it, but God has blessed us with some tremendous workers here at Sunshine. And then there are the watchers, the workers and the watchers. Those are the folks kind of on the sidelines. You know, they're kind of in the stands, you know, and they're watching all the things that we're doing, and, you know, they're kind of they're aware of it, you know. Uh, uh, it's like what we're getting ready to do. They kind of have a watch-and-see kind of project. What's going to happen? We're just kind of watching. You know, they're kind of, you know, not really involved, but they're watching. They're aware of what's happening. And the third group are the wonderers, the workers, the watchers, and the wonders. They're wondering what I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> what is going on? You know, they're wondering about the things that you may be here this morning and, and you've heard me just, you just heard me talk about heaven and hell and you're wondering about that. You know, how does it apply to you? And, you know, is there such a place? And if there is, you know, what's going to happen to me? And you're wondering about that and you're wondering about the different things that we're doing and you realize that as a ministry, we're living in very difficult times, but you don't see sunshine pulling back. You see us moving ahead. You see us getting our, we're involved with programs that other folks probably are not involved with. Uh, we're, we're, you know, I know a lot for years, I know uh, people would, uh, when you talk about public schools, it was an anathema. Oh, public schools, that's where all the bad stuff happens and all. I say, oh, the reason all the bad stuff happens there because you are not there anymore. You're supposed to be involved with that. And so you're wondering, why do we do that? Why are we in grade schools? Why are we in middle schools? Why are we wanting to get more into high school type situations? And why are we spending all that money to take that land over there that's sitting there that the guys really enjoy cutting? Every week they enjoy cutting that grass over there. I mean, just a fun time, you know. But, but, but well, you know, why we want to turn that into four soccer fields and a flag football field and a pavilion and, and walking tracks and all that kind of stuff. Why are you doing all that? 
wondering why are we doing that? Why we commit $200,000 that we don't have? I'll tell you why we do it. Because the Great Commission says we've got to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so folks wonder why we're doing that and all. I mean, my desire for you this morning is to take you from a wanderer to a watcher, actually from a wanderer to a worker. I'll tell you something, when you get involved with the things of God, that's where the joy is, is serving the Lord. And so that's what that scripture is all about. That's the kind of basis. Now, if you're in John chapter 4, go ahead and turn there. In John chapter 4, we'll read a few scriptures for you here. It's kind of the basis of this thought of catching the vision. Uh, it's, it's one of those kind of messages that probably uh, I could probably ought to preach it once a month at least because we get so distracted today. We get so caught up with world affairs. We watch too much TV. I mean, you ought to throw your TV out unless you, keep, unless you start watching golf. I'm just saying. And, uh, but, you know, we, we get so kind of uh, wrapped up in what's going on in our society. And, and I'm not saying things are not serious. I'm not saying things are not, we're really living in very difficult times and all. But I, I, I want to tell you this, all my life it seems like I've been living in difficult times. When's a good time start? You know, in this world, the Bible says you're going to have what? Trouble, tribulation. Now, in John 4, verse 31, look, 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 look at some things here and all. Verse 31, chapter 4 of the book of John. In the, meeting, <clears throat> in the meeting, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Verse 32, but he said to them, I have meat to eat that you knew not of. Now, this was a very, these, these guys were the main players, by the way. These fellows that we're talking about here, these guys were very much in leadership. And this is who Jesus is dealing with. And that's who he generally always deals with. First of all, you've got to deal with the leadership. Get them straightened out. Verse 33, therefore saith the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him out to eat? Now, you know, my question is, why didn't this ask him? You know, they didn't. Verse 34, Jesus said to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Wow, what a tremendous, I don't know about you, I want to finish the work. Whatever God has for me. How about y'all? I want to finish whatever God has for me. Look at verse 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then comes harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto the life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Herein is that true saying, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereupon you bestowed no labor, other men labor, and you are entered into their labor. I think it's important to realize what's going on here. Uh, they were um, kind of stuck. Uh, Jesus had communicated to them that there, there was a harvest that needed to take place, and they needed to get involved with the harvest. And, and yet uh, they were looking at him kind of confused about what he was saying. And, and he said, say ye not. There are four months. They were saying, uh, I understand what you're saying, the Lord, but you see, according to the way it's always been done, the way we've always done it, in four months we're going to be harvesting. That, that's the way it's always been done. And he's saying, no, no, don't, don't say that. Hey, behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And so what he was trying to encourage them, you see, you know what made the difference in all what was going on there? Jesus made the difference. It's all, it was all about him. 
Uh, it wasn't all about uh, all the tradition and the things that had always been. When Jesus gets into a program, things start happening. Things start accelerating. Things start moving ahead. When Jesus is a part of a program, it's not going to stand still. When Jesus is involved with the program, he is going to accelerate that program. He is going to move that program. I'm telling you, when he gets involved with things, things happen. When Jesus is involved with people's lives, lives change. They don't change because we talk somebody into it or I stand up here and tell you a real sad story. And because of my sad story, you want to make a change. I'm telling you what changes people. Jesus Christ changes. Amen? That's what happens. Jesus is in a life-changing business. This morning, are you interested in that? Are you interested in Jesus changing your life? Are you interested in God doing something that you so desperately know needs to happen? Or are you simply comfortable in the state that you're in right now? Of course, you're in Florida. We're pretty comfortable, aren't we? How many, don't live, how many are out of Florida, don't live in Florida? You just, well, South Carolina, I don't call that. But, uh, so here's the deal. He's telling us that, or telling these guys here, that there's work to be done. And God wants you to work. He wants them, even though they were, they were questioning what he was saying, and because of what they had always done, and he was encouraging them, say, hey, man, you, we need to get the harvest going on right away. Now, the last several weeks and months here at Sunshine, we've basically talked about the church as a corporate body and, and what we need to do and some changes that we're going to make and all that kind of stuff and all. And, and even though it may not have been really comfortable for folks to get a hold of, uh, you know, it's been pretty much, we've been on a push aside as a church situation. But this morning, what I wonder about is when it comes to you personally, when it comes to your walk with God, when it comes to, you know, God has a vision for your life. You know that? God's got something for you to do. Uh, you're not simply here to take up space. Uh, you're not simply occupying. God has a job for you. God has a niche for you to fill. God has a race for you to run. Uh, it is exciting to realize that, that God is not through with you. Do you know that? You know how I know? This is going to be so profound. Uh, Corey, write this down. You want this. You know why I know, Corey, God's not through with you? You're still alive, barely, but you're, but you're alive. You know, sometimes we got to realize that God has something for us to do. God hasn't simply left us here to take up space. Uh, we're not simply here to, to go through our religious activities. We have a relationship with a living God, and he has some things for us to do. And, and my question this morning, you know, this will be very quick. <laughs> you believe that? And... Uh, <laughs> This will be fairly quick. This will be kind of quick. Eh, it's not going to be quick. And, uh, but but I, I, want, you know, I, I want you to take this very personal. If you think this morning that I'm speaking to you personally, that's right, I am. I'm talking to you personally. And I want you to take it personally. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, let the man examine himself. And so, you know, that, that's the old saying, no one knows you like you. Now, we can all be sitting here this morning, and we have our glad rags on, and you know, we all look kind of pretty. You know, most of us use deodorant. And um, that's good. I'm for that. 
And, and, and so we, you know, it's kind of easy to kind of go through the motions and all, and, and it'd be easy. I, I know you've never done this while, while I've been speaking. You know, I'm sure maybe Brother Hardy, when he speaks, you probably do it. But, you know, a lot of times you can come to service kind of check out. I mean, you're sitting there, you're looking at me, but you're really not tuned in, are you? And you're counting CD tiles. I wonder how many, how many, how many fluorescent lights are here? And you, all that kind of stuff, your mind's kind of drifting and all. And it's easy to, to be in a service and kind of walk out of the service, and you have no idea what that guy talked about. Not a clue. Because you were so occupied. You ever wonder why that's a problem? Because, you know, Satan does all he can to distract you. Question, there's four questions this morning I want you to think about as you examine yourself in reference to your future. Not the church's future, to your future and what you ought to do. You know, we all have to come to those times. For me, it was in December of last year. I had come to a situation in my life and trying to figure out what my future was going to be, what God would have for me, you know, what God wanted me to do. And he came and talked to me, not audibly, don't get nervous. And, uh, but, but, you know, he, he, I was trying to figure out uh, what God would have for me, what God would have for this church, you know. And, uh, you know, does, are those the same thing? Is it going to be the same thing or is it something different? I don't know. And he really dealt with my heart and about the reality. He shared, he shared some, explained some things to me that we've been working on. And as he was dealing with me, it was kind of like this thing. It's almost like, you remember there in the book of Isaiah, and the Bible talks about, you know, you know who will I send, who will go for me. Remember that scripture that he was dealing with that situation there? And Isaiah said, you hear him, I send me, that type of thing. You know, when God was dealing with me, and, and, I, and I, I'm convinced, and I hope he's dealing with you this morning, you know, God really spoke to me about the things that we're doing and, and things going on. Uh, I didn't really know what God would have for me to do, uh, whether God was, uh, you know, had something else for me to do, which would be okay. And, uh, but God shared kind of what was getting ready to happen here at Sunshine. And it's almost like he said this to me. This is what I'm getting ready to do. Would you like to be a part of it? <laughs> it's as simple as that. Do you want to be a part of it? At that point in my heart, I really believe I could have said, no, I really don't want to be a part of that. And I don't believe God would love me any less. Amen? I don't think my love, God doesn't love me because I perform. Because I do stuff. God doesn't love me because all the cool abilities and talents and how good looking I am. Are you totally asleep? That was a great point. And um, he loves me because of Jesus. That's why he loves me. I really believe that could have been the case. And I, don't, I never sensed that whatsoever at all. But... Uh, when God dealt with my heart, I said, man, Lord, I don't have any idea what I'm getting ready to do. I don't, I don't have a clue on some of this stuff and all. I said, but I tell you this, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'll say whatever you want me to say. And God, I just ask for your help and for your strength and all. My, my desire for you this morning is to have that kind of moment where God is speaking to your heart, speaking to your life. Said, this is what's getting ready to happen. Would you like to be a part? You know, some people have a tendency to put God as a tyrant awful judge type situation that is not true you know god is a very loving caring uh he's he's a whole lot more he, he's a whole lot more tolerant than some of preacher brothers i have a whole lot more tolerant than other christians i've been around i'm not saying he winks at sin don't mean anything like that but he he certainly he he loves me and i'm so thankful that he would love me if I, was, if I decided to do something else, that God would love me. My, his, my, my, his love for me does not depend on my performance or what I do. And I'm so thankful. I know there's folks today, that's kind of how the relationship is. That's a very terrible way for it to be. But God loves you and God cares for you. He talks about it over and over again. But he also expects us to examine ourselves. 
and he has a vision for our life. If you're sitting here this morning and you're not involved with that vision, then you are the loser for that. You need to be involved with what God has for you. Four quick questions. Number one is this. Where are you going with your life? Number one, where are you going with your life? Uh, the Bible says in Philippians 3.14, Paul said, I press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling in Christ Jesus. Uh, God, God has something for you to do. Amen? God has something for you to do. God has something uh, just, just for you. James 4.14 talks about their lives like a vapor, appears for a little while and vanishes away. Don't you all understand that scripture? I can't believe in one month I'm going to be 70 years old. Do I look 70? I don't, do I? Okay. <laughs> that must be my kids. And, uh, but, but come on, guys. A little bit, there's a, you know, come on. You, you, you can't, who was I talking to? Uh, or Bill. Bill, where are you, Bill? Bill, 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 Bill. There How old are you, Bill? Can you believe it? It's amazing. Huh? You said you lied? <laughs> you know, but it's amazing. You know, uh, brother, brother Reed, how are you, Brother Reed? No, no. <laughs> that's, not what I, that's not what I asked. How old are you? 93. All righty there. That's pretty cool. Man. It's going by fast, hasn't it? Just like that's how fast it goes. You know, guys, we need to find out. You may be sitting here this morning saying, I, have, I got plenty of time. Less than you think. Less than you think. And I'm not talking about you're going to shuffle off the buffalo. That's like dying, I guess. But... Uh, but I'm telling you this, where are you going with your life? You know, uh, you know what goals do you have when it comes to, well, let's, talk, let's talk, make it spiritual. What goals do you have in your life when it comes to reading the Bible? Uh, what, what goals do you have when it comes to, you know, having devotions? You know, reading the Bible every day and studying the Word of God. Uh, you, you need to have some goals of mine, and you need, to, you need to every day, when it comes to your witnessing to people, what, do you, what kind of goals do you have? When it comes to your family, uh, what do you want to see, you know, with your children? What do you want to happen with them? See, what is it? What goals do you have in your life? And what goals do you have? And, and so I encourage you, you know, God, God has some things for you. And you need to ask that very important question. Where am I going with my life? You know, I found to be the case. I find some people that are going nowhere with their life and criticizing those that are going somewhere. What is that all about? You don't want to make a trip. That's okay. But I think you ought to keep your mouth shut about others that are trying to do it. Let's not be critical. I'm, I'm grateful and thankful when people want to go forward and they, they're doing something in their families and they're, they're doing something uh, uh, with their personal life and there's some things they're working on and all that kind of stuff. And, and you need to have a goal in your life. You know, as a church, we've got some very definite goals. As you can see, we've got goals that, we, that God has placed upon our, our hearts and life. And that's very important that we move in those directions. But I think it's very important you find out, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? Second question, not only where, but when are you going? Someday aisle is nowhere. I'm going someday. No, you're not. Someday I'll do so-and-so. I'll get around to it. It's not going to happen. I mean, you need to understand that now is the time. Now is the accepted time. Uh, there, I, I caught this illustration 
years ago. It doesn't work much now, but I like this illustration. I'll give it to you anyway. Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is legal tender. Now is negotiable. I like that statement. And all it's really saying is that, hey, now is the time. And you see, we need to realize that, that the Bible's real clear. That we need to redeem. You know how you redeem the time? You work it. That's how you redeem the time. You, you work that time. You get involved. Some people say, well, I got time to kill. You don't have time to kill. If you're going to kill it, work it to death. Amen? That's what we need to do. We need to check our lives out. You know, where are we going with our life? When it comes to our family, when it comes to our personal spiritual life, when it comes to our job, whatever it may be, we need to have some definite goals. And, and when are we going to do it? I think it's time that we get involved with it now. Let's do it now. The third question, how are you going to go? Not only where are you going with your life and when are you going to do it, but how are you going to go? You know what most folks are looking for? Easy. All right? Easy. The, the, the area the, of least resistance. I mean, I'm looking for the easy way. Our society is built on the easy way. I just want to be it not, not very difficult. How are you going to do it? I found the long hours of preparation is what's going to make the, get the job done. Yeah. You, need to, you need to prepare. You need to work. You need to, that's why I encourage folks. You, you, you ever wonder why in churches they say this stuff to you? You need to have your devotion. You need to read your Bible every day. You ever wonder why they say that? They say it because they realize that someday you're going to need it. And if you don't get it, when you don't need it, when you do need it, you don't have it. Yeah. What I said. The reason we challenge you to read your Bible every day, they will. You ever read your Bible and you, you finished reading and you thought this? I didn't get anything out of the Bible reading today. You ever had that happen to you? Never has happened to me. But I know you guys probably have. It's like saying every, every meal your wife cooks is perfect. <laughs> when my wife used to cook, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> back in the day, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm moving out. I got another place to live. I got it. But... Uh, but the reality is this, guys. Um, it takes preparation. The reason why it's been since December to, two, to June to get where we are is because there's been a lot of work going on to get us to where we need to be. It takes preparation. Not only does it take preparation, I think it takes optimism. I think God wants us to be optimistic. I think God desires for us. You know, there's some people that brighten the room when they leave it. They're the kind of people that get up in the morning and say, good Lord, morning? I mean, it's, it's like the, the, you've heard to tell a story about the, the, the guy that uh, had the Limburger cheese on his mustache. His little grandkids put the Limburger cheese on his mustache. He got up in the bed, uh, and he said, man the, man, the bedroom stinks. He went into a part of the house, and boy, the living room stinks. He went outside and said, the whole world stinks. You know, to some people, that's what it is. They say, the whole world stinks, you know, because of their perspective. I think it's important for us to be optimistic. Let me tell you something, guys. If anybody ought to be optimistic, shouldn't it be us? We say we, say we believe this book. We say that God is alive. We say that God's in control. What is wrong with you then? Why do you act like an atheist? Oh, what's going to happen? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. God's going to be in control. 
I tell you what I've been doing recently, though, more than I've ever done before. I have to admit to you, I, I'll go ahead and confess this. I prayed very little for our country up until this last few months. Well, that's not true. I won't go further with that. But I'm just saying this. God's going to do whatever needs to be done. I pray for mercy and grace. But I'm optimistic about what God's going to do. <laughs> you need to get that. It's not based on fantasy. It's based on fact. This, what's going to happen in this world is exactly what God wants to happen. I think it's very important that we understand that and see that. And that's a very tough question. You know, you know how, how am I going to, whatever God has for you, uh, if you're going to be, if you're going to know more about the Word of God, you've got to read it, you've got to get into it. The last thing is this. Not only where am I going, when am I going to get there, and how am I going to make the trip, but are you willing to pay the price? Because it's going to cost. You get around anyone, anything worthwhile, it's going to cost you. It just is. I think it's important for us to understand that. First uh, Corinthians talked about keeping our body under subjection, that we might be able to be available to do whatever God would have us to do. Uh, you've heard me say this before, that we are educated far above our obedience. We know more than we're doing. And I challenge you this morning. God has something for you. And the same God that communicates with me communicates with you. And the Bible says in Hebrews 3.15, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. You ever wonder what that meant? What does it mean to harden your heart? We, we use that a lot. It means two things. Speak, it's first of all, it's talking about your action what you do. God has spoken to you, and you do nothing about it. Your heart becomes hardened. The second thing is your attitude, what you say. What you're saying about God dealing with your heart. How God, you know, how you're able to slough it off. Oh, it's no big deal. Let me tell you something. When someone gets around you and they say, oh, it's no big deal, probably a big deal. Or, 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 no, that didn't really bother me probably really bothered them <laughs> people have a tendency to give you code words they speak in code you see and so this morning uh, my desire for you is for you not to have a heart that's hardened and, and i realize that i've brought up things and said things and have tried to in the best way possible i i can is try to do something that would jog your mind and jog your memory and Try to make you think about what's going on in your life and to realize that, that you, ha you can actually make a difference, that it can really matter, that you, you don't have to be a victim. Uh, we're living in, uh, aren't you so weary? We're living in a society of victims. Victims. And that's why the society is so miserable. But you don't have to be that way. Victims, being a victim is a choice. They chose to be that. You don't have to be that. You can choose that not to take place and so this morning the bible says that say not ye there are four months then cometh harvest i say jesus says the fields are white unto harvest the question is are you going to be a part of the harvest one thing i found to be the case over the last several years being in ministry had it happened to me i've been in services and the guy spoke, and the Lord spoke to me about something that <laughs> wasn't even related to what he was talking about. 
but the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, my life. This morning, I trust that's happening to you, that God is speaking to you. God has zeroed in on your heart and life. God has, has shown the light on what's going on in your heart and life, and you're, you're, you're sitting here, and you've got to make a decision. Do I ignore it? Uh, do I act like it's not a big deal? Do I excuse myself, or do I finally say, yes, whatever you want me to do? When you make that statement, that commitment, you've heard me say, a lot of people have the right aim in life, but don't pull the trigger of commitment.